We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, Kobe Pierce. Oh, don't worry, folks. Juan Daniels will be right here. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, obviously, if you're watching, you understand what's about to happen. Mike Bobo is back as offensive coordinator. Um, I've heard a lot of things. I've heard even between our own fan base that don't like the hire. Um, some do, some don't. Uh, I've, I've heard that this, the Gamecocks are going to be the SEC's favorites now. I've heard that Auburn fans are wishing for our downfall. Uh, I've heard it all. Um, just going to let y'all know that right now. Listen, we'll, we'll get the opinion out of the way now. I think it was a good hire, right? Check the poll. Check the poll. Let us know what you think. Was was top Bobo the right hire? I think so. I uh, got to a lot of breakdown here. Uh, a lot of statistics to prove some points here. I think it would be pretty interesting uh, for some folks to see. Other than that, though, Kobe, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Ah, doing well, man. Just had some uh, apatios, you know. Oh. Uh, yeah, speaking of apatios, the show is brought to you, uh, sponsored by Apatios. Right, Apatios. Uh, excellent coffee, by the way. Shameless plug. Uh, Oh, no doubt. No, no, no. Shameless. A hundred percent. Check out DGDpodcast.com forward slash Apotheos. Get you some coffee and each bag of coffee that you get 20% of each bag will go to the Classic City Collective. Uh, if you're not familiar, they are the official co- uh, co- coffee and cold brew sponsor. Yeah, try to say that three times fast. Uh, official coffee and cold brew uh, partner of the Classic City Collective. Uh, follow them on Instagram at Apotheos Roastery or Twitter, Apotheos Coffee. Kobe, what are your, first off, let's get, like I said, let's get the opinion out of the way. Do, do you like the hire for Bobo back at offensive coordinator? Um, you know me, I'm, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to put a, an opinion quite that strong um, out on the internet for, for forever. Oh, fair enough. Have to I have to walk a fine line sometimes with name dropping strong opinions, but I think that um, for what Kirby is building, for the staff he is building, for the kind of people he's looking for, he wants people that are all in on Georgia. And I think kind of like I told you, it's one of those things that in a year from now, when we're sitting around talking about Glenn Schumann's the next head coach of insert whatever major power five school you want here, you're going to be looking around going, okay, your head coach is a Georgia alumni. Your head defensive coordinator is a Georgia alumni. Your offensive coordinator is a Georgia alumni. Your head coach isn't leaving for an NFL job or any other division one coaching job. At that point, your DC will have been a man who has gone and tried to be a head coach twice and hasn't had success. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. And then you will have an OC as well, who he has tried to go elsewhere as a head coach and two-time offensive coordinator, and he has not had success. So at some point in a world of, you know, run to the next highest-paying job, transfer in the portal, 
you know, the lack of stability in college football, Georgia is going to put itself on a pedestal of we have a head coach, an offensive coordinator, and a defensive coordinator, that they're going to be here the next 10 to 12 years. You know, you're not having to wonder, oh, I committed to Steve Sarkeesian at Alabama, but I played two years under Bill O'Brien, and now I'm a junior and I'm about to have a third offensive coordinator. You're going to have more, I committed, Mike Bobo recruited me, I committed to Mike Bobo, he coached me all four years, I played in the NFL, and Coach Bobo's still there when I come back. So for that part, I think it is a – it just – it solidifies the foundation that the program's still being built on. Well, I mean, you look at it, right? Like, and I'm not knocking – all right, listen, Todd Munkin helped revolutionize this program offensively. Uh, And what I mean by that is, you you know, when Bobo was here – and we'll talk about this shortly – um, when Bobo was here, you know, this was the time when Mark Rick was, you know, obviously offensive coordinator or head coaching. But defensively, we we aren't the same, right? So Todd Munkin, you know, obviously he's now the, you know, the Ravens offensive coordinator. But he, like you said, he he's kind of one of these guys that you knew he was going back to the NFL. He wanted to be an NFL, and that's okay. But now that you get that consistency, right? And I think that's the that's the word that people should focus on is consistency. You know, people I've heard so many people take Bobo and and look at his time as, you know, uh, when when he was coordinating for Auburn, right, with uh, Harson his first year, or South Carolina when Muschamp was head coach in there, and you had like Luke Doty, right, like. Georgia will never have a Luke Doty as your starter quarterback. It is, maybe it sounds crazy because Stetson Bennett was, right? But now, after Stetson Bennett, dude, there's four and five stars, and, and I think you're going to be A-OK. And, and the overall talent, right, the overall talent is going to be significantly better than both Auburn and uh, South Carolina. I think he knows that. I think we all know that. And, you know, so anyone that thinks that, you know, outside of the Georgia program, Oh, the, oh, yeah, I'm glad y'all got Bobo. Be careful what you wish for, because there's some numbers that I think people might want to watch and listen to. I'm just going to answer to answer Reed's question. Reed's I, I came in Kirby's first year. So um, I was three years under Jim Chaney and a year under James Coley. So, no, I, Bobo was never here while I was here. And so then obviously, like he came back this offseason. Um, or last offseason. So, again, yeah. still was he, not he, there. He, he just didn't want you to be elite. That's all. Uh, now, we'll, 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 go around the, we'll go around the brigade here, do a quick roll call. See, Rudes, J-O-double-G, obviously 63-3. Uh, first time got Edom Dogs. What's up, guys? What's up, man? First time seeing. Hope you enjoy the show. Um, yeah, so I think – I think – it's, it's time, and I, w- I wanted Juan to come in here, and it will, Juan will come here soon, hopefully. But I think it's I think it's time for, uh, to give the folks what they're here for. Uh, let's go ahead, right? Let's go ahead and take a deep dive into some stats, right? Stats don't care about your feelings. So let's start this right here. Well, let's do this. We're gonna co- we're gonna take Kirby Smart's head coaching tenure here from 2016 to 2022, right? And I want to take and put some stats that I pulled together and, and kind of analyze these. So from 2016 to 2022, Georgia's record versus ranked opponents was 28 and 12, 70% click right there. That That's pretty impressive. Uh, your, your, your points per game, right. Uh, in wins against ranked opponents were 32.5 points per game. So you were scoring 32.5 points a game on average while giving up 15.4. Now that's only for your wins. Now the 12 losses. You you only scored 20.5 while giving up 35.9 points per game. And your starting quarterbacks in each year, 2016, 2017, you had Jacob Eason. Obviously Jacob Eason goes down in 2017 to hand the torch over to uh, Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm stays until 2019. 2020, you had the carousel. You had Dwan, JT, and Stetson Bennett at one point. 2021, you had JT and Stetson. Stetson rides it out for 2022. 
anything here, Kobe, that you see that's kind of a key takeaway for me? Um, yeah, I think the biggest takeaway, and, and Georgia fans are going to remember this, is probably your 2016 season and your 2020 season. Because if you really think, statistically speaking, on your offense and your defense, your offense was very lackluster in Kirby's first year. Had a lot of trouble. You know, you lose a home game to Vanderbilt. Um, give up a lot of points to Tennessee in that loss. Um, you know, lose pretty bad down at Florida. And then in 2020, when you think about those losses, think about at Alabama, pretty high-scoring game. Um I think about Florida that year as well, pretty high-scoring game. Um, so you really, when you start to think about those, some of those games and some of those big losses against ranked opponents, you, you, you're talking about not only are those opponents probably ranked, but most of them are probably top ten, if not top five. I can think about two years in a row you lost to Alabama, giving up a lot of points, 35 points at least in one game. You lose to LSU, number one team give up 40-something points. So, um, you know, you, you definitely have run into some offensive juggernauts over the years in those losses. But then you've also beaten some really good teams. Um, you know, I, I think looking at it, like even if you look at that, the 32 points per game um, in wins, even then I feel like that feels low. Like, I feel like we score more points than that in in big-time games. Well, I, I think as we welcome Juan back in here, uh, you know, I look at it this way, right? Like, we're under Munkin, and we're going we're gonna to do this too, so don't worry, folks. 2016, right, when you look at offensive coordinated, you had, you know, Jim Chaney for, like you said, Jim Chaney, and then you had James Coley before Todd Munkin. And – you know, a lot, and one. Now that you're here, you can probably attest to play calling was just not fun offensively for those years. It just wasn't like Todd Munkin. Like I said, revolutionized this offense. Right, it got the offense where we needed to be. And, and you start to look at the high scores. A lot of that come under Todd Munkin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Juan, did you see the graphic, sir? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, okay, I just wanted to make, I just wanted to make sure you've seen it. I'll pull it back up and let you kind of basically just see any takeaways that you see from 2016 to present, and and speak on any takeaways that you want to speak on. Um, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, it, it looks good. I mean, you can, you know, one of the things that, you know, that just kind of jumps out at you is, you know, once Munkin really, you know, took over, it, it's it's like a plug and play system. So I, I do truly believe that JT Daniels could have been just as successful. He doesn't have the, he doesn't have the mobility, um, but he still could have been successful. I think Beck will be successful, Vandergriff, everybody else. I just think it's a great system. You look at, you look at the Patriots, you look at, you know, some of these teams, uh, the 49ers, again, you take a Brock Purdy, who was the last guy in the draft, and you put him in a, a really good system, anybody can be successful. And I think, I think that that's what Munkin was able to do uh, with, with that offense. And, um, I, I mean, I don't see a whole lot changing, if, if, if I'm being honest. 
I think I think it'll be interesting though too. And keep in mind, right? Like we we talked about the offense coordinators, but think about the defense and the defensive coordinators, right? Kirby being a defensive guy, right? We you've seen the dominance, especially recently, right? Especially twenty twenty one, right? If y'all don't remember, that's ten point two points per game. So you know, just keep that in mind for when we go later down in the show. Uh, I want to kind of roll over into. Uh, Mike Bobo's time as an offensive coordinator here, uh, and that's obviously from 2007 to 2014. Uh, so some of the same numbers here, obviously different times in Georgia football, but, you know, ooh, so you're looking at the best record, right? So his best record was uh, 2012. And with that being said, in you went 12-2, and two, right? That's obviously, if y'all remember, that is Aaron Murray's junior year, uh, you know, 37.8 points per game, but your defense gave up 19.6. And that's your best record. Your worst record was 2010, six and seven. Wolf. That was also Aaron Murray's freshman season. Uh, you still threw up 32 points per game, but your defense gave up 22.1 points per game. Your record versus ranked opponents through this span was 19 and, thir- 19 and 37, so a 51% click, right? It should be 19 and 18. 37 total games, 19 and 18. Excuse me, guys. Um, your, so your points against these rank- – in the wins, right, against ranked opponents, your wins versus ranked opponents, you were averaging 35.8 points per game while giving up 19 points per game. This is the interesting part. In the losses against ranked opponents, you only scored 25.2 on average, but you gave up 40.5 points per game in your losses versus ranked opponents. Starting quarterbacks in this time, 2007, 2008, Matt Stafford. 2009, Juan's friend Joe Cox. 2010 through 2013, Aaron Murray. And in 2014, Hudson Mason. What are some takeaways from that? I, I mean, I, I think jumps right off the page that 40.5 points per game that the opponents score on you and your ranked opponents in your losses. That's a dead giveaway that that's just that's just alarming to me. But what are y'all's thoughts? I, I mean, I think, you know, and, and Juan may feel a little differently, but Having been here, I think it has to do with a little bit of the disconnect from, you know, the top down. We weren't recruiting at the level we're recruiting now. You know, we didn't have the athletes, as many of the athletes as some people um, had at the time. And then we kind of had a bad run of defensive coordinators. I mean, Willie Martinez was nothing to write home about. We all know Todd Grantham is somehow bouncing around. I mean, you look at everywhere he's gone, Louisville, when he was head coach, you know, they played okay statistically defense, but third and Grantham, I mean, on his his ability to stop people from being able to pass the ball was atrocious. And it's also one of those things that the longer he is defensive coordinator, the worse statistically people have gotten. You look at Florida, he comes in that one year, he, they're really good. His first year as defensive coordinator, they're a really good defense. But by the time he's leaving – they, they can't tackle. They're taking bad angles. You know, they're blowing coverages. They look confused on the field. And in the fourth year in a system, that just shouldn't be the thing. Um, I went and watched 2014. I think 2014 was interesting. I watched 2013 as well. When you look at 2014, the so we beat Clemson at home, right, and we beat them convincingly. I think it was 45-21. But then we played South Carolina the next week. Uh and lose 38-35. And going back and watching the 2014 game against South Carolina, what I saw, and it didn't take long for you to really pay attention to this, South Carolina took and just sustained drives and kept eating. Like, like they ate clock and they moved the ball at will. Like when, when I take and look at the defense then to now, it's it's in, in night and day difference. Obviously, we like you said, Kobe, recruiting matters here. But I saw so many – wide ass open receivers just walking it down the field boom yards like within nobody within eyesight of them right like when you watch the tv clip receiver will catch it and there's and the safety comes running in from out of the screen 
is how wide open they are. You don't see that now. And then obviously, like I said, you lose 38 to 35. But then on the first drive that Georgia has, it took two plays to march 75 yards or something like that. Like they, they scored very quickly, but it was somewhat inconsistent. But it just shows you the home run ability that Bobo had, especially when you have Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. But I want to take this over to Juan. What are some key takeaways that you saw uh, from, you know, as Bobo's time as offensive coordinator here? I agree with Kobe. I mean, it, it, it's top down. I mean, you look at Mark Rick was ultra conservative. I mean, overly conservative. If, if anything, you could have called him the field goal king. I mean, he just did so much as far as kicking field goals. And, and, and my observation at the time and, and my thing against Bobo was the situational play calling. However, that's it, it comes from the top. So you have third and eight. And you've got a Fred Gibson on the field. You also have Leonard Pope on the field who, you know, there's one game against Auburn who he absolutely could not be stopped. And yet you decide to run the football and then you kick a field goal, you end up losing that football game. Um, so so the conservative play call, and I, I get it, you know, maybe it was just because the defense was porous. However, you know, that that's a situation where you just need to be more aggressive and you're just going to have to outscore these guys and play some Big 12 football. But that's not that's not what you had. So you know, you know, you got Bobo, who's an excellent play caller, excellent offensive coordinator. However, if you're handicapped, I mean, that's, you know, that that's just going to be the, 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 the toughest part of it. Um, uh, and, and again, we had great running backs. We had great guy, like you said, guys that are just wide open and, and, and excellent things that were happening. But again, if you are playing for field goals, which, you know, you know, I'll make a, a Stanford ref, you know, Stanford reference here. When we had a coach that played for a lot of field goals and unfortunately he's no longer there. And, you know, you, you've got to be aggressive. You've got to be, you know, you've got to be smart. And also too, you look at it, you know, so a lot of people are like, Oh, is this, is this a great hire? Even though as great as Munkin was, he still, Kirby still had his hand in. I mean, look at again, Stetson got ripped after that game against Ohio state saying he was not playing within the system. So, again, Kirby has his hand on it. He knows exactly what he's doing. So, you know, that I mean, that that's, you know, what, what I'm taking away from, you know, that, that time that Bobo was here before. Yeah, I think, Kobe, your point, though, man, like the fact that you mentioned those D.C.s during the time that Bobo was offensive coordinator, it, it, to me it just makes me sick. Like knowing, knowing that Willie Moe was there as D.C. and knowing that Todd Grantham was there and – you know, obviously 2014 was uh, Jeremy Pruitt's first year, which wasn't terrible, wasn't a bad season defensively, but it is nowhere close to what we're dealing with defensively now. But the home, your home wasn't, your your home was out of whack by the time Pruitt showed up. He wanted to be yeah. the next head coach. He wasn't happy with the administration. He wasn't happy with the head coach. There, It wasn't. You know, I hate to say, like, because it is a business that isn't family oriented, but there's still a level of like respect. And I feel like when Pruitt showed up, he had no respect for your head coach. He, yeah, I mean, he, he was going to kick him out, and he was going to be, you know, the next head coach of George Bulldogs. Because I mean, you look at it, right? Like, I mean, didn't he stay for like a year and then bounce? He I was two. Say. He was two, two, two and then sorry, when they fired him and hired Kirby. He yeah, went, then he went to Tennessee. He went to Bama. Bama, Bama and then Tennessee. Sorry. You're right. You're right. No, I think to me, though, like I think the key here, right, like offensively, and this is this is what irks me a little bit, is offensively it wasn't a problem outside of a couple of situational play calls. But I think when you take a look at numbers and you understand just how many points on average, now this is on average, but when you're giving up 20 points a game on average, more, you know what I mean? To me, like, and you, and and one, you talked about Mark Rick being a little bit conservative as well. You know, it puts you in a bind, right, to call right conservative plays sometimes. So, you know, I mean, when you look at you know under Kirby Smart, right, when he was an analyst before he took the OC job, like Todd Munkin went out on record and and saying that you know one, he loves the fact that Bobo right was doing the things that you know you don't really see these guys doing, you know, doing the grunt work, you know, you that tell to me, he wants to be here. 
right? Which kind of transitions back to the consistency that, you know, we're talking about. But at the same time, you know, when you look back at the national title game, the the two, I think he said the first two touchdowns were called basically by Bobo, right? And to me, that's interesting too, because I've always wondered what it would be like if Bobo had a a better defense, right? Like, like I said, all it didn't take long for me at all to see, you know, obviously we had our offensive play calling, but when you look at the defense and what it was doing back in 2014, like he, it was just a different, different situation. So I think, you know, a lot of people, it's okay to hold reservation, but I'm just saying like when hit with him having a better defense and better offensive personnel, think about the Think about the names that we've got just on offensive line right? His best offensive line was probably Andrews and Theus. Would, would y'all agree? Or, I mean, am I missing somebody? Yeah. Um, when, when David Andrews and, and all those guys were here, probably was his best year. And even then, like Andrews, undrafted free agent. I mean, he's going on to win, you know, three Super Bowls. But again, you're, you know, you weren't recruiting at the level you are now. You, you were recruiting the guys that you thought you could get, not the guys that you had to work to get sometimes. And, yeah. you know, sometimes your ego can get in your way. Like, if you don't want to play for me, I don't want you to play for me. It's kind of like what's happening up at Clemson right now. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to play, if you don't want to do things our way up at Clemson, then we don't need you. It's like sooner or later that kind of – that that's fine for a while, but – Sooner or later, you have to be able to humble yourself to say, no, no, like, these guys are really, really, really good players. Like, we need these guys here in order to compete. Yeah. Juan, do you got anything to say there? No, I agree with Kobe. I mean, for sure. Um, yeah. I think let's <clears throat> let's take a – now I want to compare, right? We talked about the stats from both eras of Georgia football, but I want to pull – uh, and look at a comparison here, and we're gonna pull up another graphic. This is taking right both eras, right, and comparing them side by side. So the highest points per game, right, for Bobo was 2014, and that's 41.3 points per game. And you compare that to what they were giving up was 20.7. And when you take and compare that with Right under Kirby, you have obviously this past season at 41.1, but you're giving up 14.3 points per game from a defensive standpoint. So, off the rip, I'm looking at basically an, a touchdown difference there uh, that your defense is giving up. So, your defense on average is giving up an extra touchdown a game, but you're hitting the same mark in regards to points. So, the potential is there. Um, you know, but then when you take the lowest points per game uh, out of the entire era. Um, Bobo was 2009 when you had Joe Cox, the Joe Cox year. Oh yeah. You were, uh, you were hitting 28.9. And obviously you're looking at 25.9 points giving up defensively. Uh, Whereas 2016, Kobe, you hit this on the head. Uh, You know, that's what Chaney's first year, 24.5. Uh, given up and, and given up 24 points per game defensively. So even at your worst, your defense has always gotten it's always been better than you know at the worst. But now at the same time, the highest the highest points that were given up defensively was 2013. That 2013 schedule was I don't know what happened there. It was just weird. But you gave up 29 points per game defensively. But you still managed to score on average 36.7. Whereas the worst under Kirby Smart defensively has been 24 his first year. And you only scored 24.5. So to me, that sticks out, right? Like understanding that when your defense gives up 29 points per game on average, that that is concerning to me. But then you look at the offensive points per game, 36.7. That's that's a good statistical year offensively. Not the great, right? We've seen 41.3 for Bobo. But considering the 2013 season was also not the best season for us, 
But when you're giving up 29 points per game, obviously there's a reason why Grantham was gone after 2013. Or, no, I think that was – was that Grantham or Willie Mill? I think that was Grantham. I think Grantham was, was in 2013. That was Grantham because he's yeah. head coach at Louisville in 14. Yep. So when you take – and why Louisville took him as head coach, I don't know. But, yeah, so you, you're taking, taking those points per game that the defense was giving up, it's drastic, right? Um, the lowest – Right, the lowest that Bobo had to work with was 2012, and that was at 19.6. Bobo scored 37.8 on average that season. Uh, Kirby Smart, his lowest obviously was 2021, like I said, 10.2, and you were working with 38.6 points per game, and that was Munkin's second year. Uh, the average points per game for all years was 34.1 under Bobo. Now, obviously, keep in mind that you have three offensive coordinators to work with here, uh, but 2016 to 2022 average was 30 points per game. And while Bobo was there, the defenses gave up on average 22.8. Kirby Smart's defenses have given up 16.6 on average. Uh, I know that's a lot to take in, uh, so apologize for all the stats. But listen, stats, I think stats mean more than opinions. So, what are y'all's thoughts on on all that? If y'all can soak that in, I, I, go ahead, Juan. You first. I'll go next. Uh, it it it's it's apples to oranges. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't relate. It doesn't translate. It doesn't, you know, it it it's numbers, but it doesn't really mean a whole lot because of the different times and error um, eras that 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 were being played. Um, so, but but we do know offensively that Mike Bobo has great schemes, great play calls. I mean, he utilizes his players, which was evident back then. Um, and then how that translates now being a year under Munkin um, only just adds to what Bobo was able to do before. Um, do I think that we can put up those same numbers or even better? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And so if you're going to use it from a number standpoint, yeah, that, that's what I would use. Um, to just to kind of just to kind of back that up. But again, you can, you know, throw those numbers out to to a rational fan, to somebody that's played the game, somebody that's coached. That makes sense. But to the irrational fan who they doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, you know, you had a, a, a fan base that griped about their quarterback winning a national championship and then another national championship because it wasn't the right guy. So you can put all the stats and facts in front of them, and it doesn't matter. Um, what matters is Kirby knows what he's doing, and by the what he's done the last two years, basically put up a middle finger to those people that, you know, that that, that thought something different. What you got, Kirby? You you were about to say something? Yeah, I think the big thing is I'm excited that. I think I would be less excited if Bobo hadn't been here a year with Munkin and really deep in it because I hate to say it's been in the works, but I think Munkin, Kirby, and Bobo have known now for a whole year that that this was a very – that this offseason was going to be the highest chance that, that Munkin was going to leave. So I think that from the beginning, Bobo has been doing things and Kirby has been doing things to prepare and integrate Bobo into learning this offense. Because, I mean, you got to realize this is a guy that's been a, a offensive coordinator here before at other schools. You know, he has his schemes and his things and his tendencies He's like he likes to do. Well, he's already said that they're changing no verbiage in the playbook this year. As I mean, a former player, how does that – I just want to ask, as former players, just explain it to folks that might not understand just how important is that, not having to do that, especially in the midst of a coordinator change? It's huge because, like, right now it just means that anything you know, like Cedric Van Pran is coming back for a fourth year. He's learned for three years under Munkin and his offense. He knows every call, every check, every protection – I mean, you know, with his eyes closed almost, he can tell you what the tackle's doing, what the guard's doing, what he's doing, what the guard's doing, what the tackle's doing. And if you changed all that on him, I'm not saying he wouldn't be able to do it. Like, obviously, he's still plenty smart enough. You give him a whole spring, a whole summer, a whole fall camp, he's going to know. But there always becomes that time where it's like, 
you know, oh, whatever, like, we're running Paul, like Paul Wright, which is like power right or whatever. You know, well, Paul used to mean something completely different. It, 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 things like that can just be confusing. I don't know how it was for Juan out there at receiver, but that's a little bit like an O-line. Yeah, I mean, for, for you know, for the skill guys, it, it is, I mean, it's so easy to, you know, pick up the same system and, and learn the, like, the, the, the verbiage, the, the coverages, the checks, the hot routes, everything is, everything is great. Now, obviously too, you know, when you're, when you're at college and you go to pro, I mean, sometimes guys have to come in and in, in a week's time, they have to study and learn all that stuff. Um, but if it's, you know, if, if, if it's, you know, something that you've been doing for one, two, three years, especially for these young quarterbacks as well. I mean, think about it. If, 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 you know, Vandergriff, if um, um, Gunner is, or, you know, if they're going to have an opportunity to really compete and make something happen, how, you know, much easier is it for them to have the same system, the same play calls and everything, everything the same, you know, my, my son is out there at Stanford, they have a whole new coaching staff. So he's learning a whole new playbook and learning the calls and the checks and things that the coaches know like the back of their hands but these kids are having to you know to 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 learn it and and process it whereas you know these quarterbacks especially who are going to be running this offense that is who it helps um helps the most i have a i have a quick rabbit hole to run down just two seconds since Juan said something Juan, i saw on um i forget whose big board it was but the Stanford's quarterback, maybe a first round pick. Can we get your thoughts and comments on 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 that? Oh boy, oh boy. No speaker English. No comprende. No comprende. I saw something about like the Saints maybe taking him at like twenty nine. I was like, whew. Now, he, to to be fair, his his upside is is pretty good. Um, our line was really, really bad. <laughs> it was really, really bad. I, I think that um, we were fourth in the nation on, on giving up sacks. So, you know, to, to give, you know, to say that he's bad. I mean, you know, for, he, he played 12 games and only threw 13 touchdown passes. So that, that's kind of how Anthony Richardson did a little bit better than that. Um, however, in the time you give him protection, he actually can play pretty well. So. You know, I think that's I, interesting I, to note too. I mean, it shows you the personnel matters, right? I mean, in all seriousness, um, I, I do want to do this just to appease some folks, right? So obviously, Todd Muckin, uh, <laughs> apparently Juan is not elite right now. Apparently, Juan played when pl- Juan played when playbooks were on the same stone <laughs> commandments, and there we go. Wow. Yep. There it is. There it is. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, now, so I want to pull this. I want to pull this graphic up because I, I want to take a kind of look at Bobo's three-year stretch. His best three years was actually 2012 to 2014, and obviously Todd Munkins was my obviously three years here. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm just here to tell you folks that it's like from a points per game perspective. You, you might be surprised, but to anyone that thinks that we're going to have a significant fall off, I, I think these numbers might kind of prove some otherwise for now. I'm not saying it will or will not, but I think there's some, you know, some food for thought here. Um, so Monken's average throughout these three years has been 37.3. Bobo's average from 2012 to 2014 was 38.6. Now, Juan, you talked about different ways, right? Score points. But if you're looking at numbers to appease the number crunchers here, Bobo did average 38.6. Defensively, like I said, Monken has had a defense that's given up 14.8 on average, whereas Bobo had uh, defenses given up 23 on average. Uh, now, this is where I think it's interesting here. Monken's record, 37-3. and three. Now, this is including playoffs, national titles, and everything like that. Bobo went 30 and 10. Uh, total offense and total defense. Under Munkin, 456 yards of total offense on average. Defense gave up 295 yards on average. Bobo averaged 467 yards of total offense. 
through the three years, defense gave up 360 on average. Uh, passing and rushing yards, I think, is another thing, right? We, we talked about doing it different ways. Um, uh, maybe maybe I think you might see some something interesting here. Munkin averaged 265.9 yards passing per game, 190.2 uh, rushing yards on average. Bobo, 262.9 passing, 205 on the ground average. Again, I don't see a drop-off too much there, guys. Um, most of those numbers, I just don't see a huge drop-off. So, to any any one of those fans, I, I don't really understand where you're seeing this drop off, but that's just my thought. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just being crazy. Juan, am I being crazy? Man, I'm so mad at Michael right now. <laughs> oh Jesus! They are they are killing me in the chat. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right, man. You're you're absolutely right. I, I think the other thing too that you could. Uh... <laughs> The other thing that you could look at is, you know, you know, when you look at those stats. So from the time that Bobo was there and and those offensive stats, and then of course the you know up to last year, um, where Munkin you know had all of his stats. That in between that time and up until now, Utah has just always been trash, no matter what. So that is, that's the huge. Uh, take, that's the huge takeaway from that. Like a damn, like a Uzi just went off right there. Yeah. I just want to tell everybody at home this episode is brought to you by. Robert has taken some time off of work lately to really grind <laughs> these numbers. Oh we appreciate it, Rob. You are doing a great job. I'm really, really loving them, but they are there's it's a, a lot. lot. I realize I realize today listening to them all just how much you watch the past like day and a half. It's it's a lot, but you know what? The people need that, right? The people need to know. I feel like I feel like for today there is no Pat fact. Pat, these are all Robert facts. All I mean, listen, I'm just gonna let you know right now this this show is this show is dedicated to any South Carolina or Auburn fan that thinks we're gonna fall off. Proving your ass wrong, every single one of y'all. Come fuck around and find out. That's all I'm gonna say. I feel like for South Carolina fans, like they just have to talk because come the fall, like after three games, all the talking's over for them. You're one and two, looking around, going well. Maybe next year. I mean, one three sixteen sets up. <laughs> no, so I mean, you know, like I said, man. I, to me, I, I, I want to do another one. I think this will be the final look at it right here. But we talk about we we talk about the passing game and what Munkin has done for the passing game, right? So I want to take the best points per game average, right? Twenty twenty two. And I'm going to take it and compare it to 2014. Obviously, different eras of football, but we're going to we're going to break this down. And best the best quarterback to ever walk the uh, Athens, right? I, we'll do this right here. Uh, Juan, we'll let you break this down since you're since you're a fan. Um, all right, Stetson Bennett obviously was our starting quarterback. So there's a chart here, and you know for those watching. I think the interesting thing is you look at a lot of numbers between the numbers, right? Uh, actually, behind the line of scrimmage, where you, where you at that up to ten yards, you see a lot in between the numbers of Stetson breaking it down. Um, you know, if you look behind the line of scrimmage, you're looking at seventy-two out of seventy-six, where he was almost miraculous at this point, uh, almost perfect. Um, one touchdown, but you know, five hundred sixty-five yards based out of that. Uh, whereas up to t uh, from zero to 10 yards, you know, 67 to 81, a lot of his numbers went there. See, but you also have some that you, know, you have 10 for 22 outside deep plays, right? So for those watching, uh, here's some, I think some interesting numbers that I pulled up. So out of 479 dropbacks, you attempted 454 completing 309. And that's a 68% average completion uh four four thousand one hundred and thirty two yards of uh passing right i think that was if i'm not mistaken that set the record this year um total yards per attempt was 9.1 um 27 to 7 right touchdown to interception ratio big time throws is basically 20 yards plus uh 28 plays that went over 20 yards like that uh but he also threw 
12 turnover-worthy throws. Um, let's see. Okay. As Kobe will, I guess he went away for a second. Um, average depth of target was 9.4 yards. Adjusted completion, 76.3. 19 drops from the receivers. He was pressured 90 times and sacked 11 of those. Um, to me, I think this past year, Juan, I know that's a lot. I don't want to to do that, but to, to kind of summarize it, you know, the fact that you threw that much and only got sacked 11 times, that's a, a testament to your offensive line and that personnel. It also shows me that, you know, he made plays, right? I mean, he did out of the, he only had 12 turnover worthy throws. And even then, you know, we had what seven, I think seven picks, but when you throw the ball 300 and some times or 400 sometimes, right? Like, that's that's not as terrible as it sounds, right? Obviously, you don't want turnovers. But we passed the ball a lot. Now, at the same time, we know this because it just happened. There was a lot of, you know, screens, right? We saw a lot of screens getting the guys uh, in play. Obviously, Brock Bowers, uh, you know, between the numbers, right? That was where, where Stetson's really comfortable, if you really look at it, right? Throwing uh, over routes and things like that, like, we were able to manipulate and, and Todd Munkin also, you know, knew Stetson's strengths and we game planned to, to that. Uh, if you would look at it, um, what are your takeaways from that? Uh, do you have any takeaways on that? I mean, you know, for him being a, a third year guy in the NFL, like that, those are some good stats. You know, those are, some yeah, not, yeah, that's 4,000 yards is not nothing to shy away from. I, I think that's something that, you know, I think that's important to hear, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, real, real quick, let me shout out uh, Tay and Dom. They are watching with uh, they're watching with Black Adonis right now, who is just absolutely ripping the show. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's he's doing great. But uh, th- those are going to be two uh, future Bulldogs. Uh, give us a shout. Let us know what position they play. Um, and we definitely want to you know be on the lookout for them uh, if you get a chance. Um, and then uh, Michael <laughs> Dudley asked if I was given trophies or mules back you know, back then. Uh, no, actually it was frankincense and myrrh were uh, the top two things. And then uh, no gold, no gold. Yeah, also I was giving away she goats and he goats, um, you know, and she asses and he asses back then too. So we had a, <laughs> it was a great time back then, man. God, this is, how did, the, how did this show turn so biblical? I mean, yeah. I was, like, damn, like, goodness. Um, Kobe, we just went over uh, Stetson, from a passing perspective, his breakdown. And, you know, you saw a lot of his attempts behind the line of scrimmage, you you know, between the numbers at line of scrimmage. You also saw, you know, up to 10 yards was uh, the, the two highest volumes. But, you know, we saw a lot, you know, 2012, uh, 2022, excuse me. And, and, you know, Todd Munkin did an excellent job, you know, making it easy for Stetson Bennett, getting the ball to the, you know, the playmakers, right? Do you have any takeaways from what you saw passing-wise this season? Biggest thing I have is we are 66 days from the NFL draft, which means we're roughly 70 days from having to see Juan Daniels in a Stetson Bennett jersey um, after he gets drafted in the NFL draft. Um, that That's my biggest takeaway. I mean – it, you know, he did he did what you had to do to win national championship. You know, was it always the prettiest? Was it always within the system? Was it always the humblest? It was fucking efficient, though, yeah. I'll tell you that. But it but it happened, you know. Um I, I think that that it's one of those things that like you like you're gonna talk about with with Bobo. I mean, his big quarterbacks, Aaron Murray, that he had, you know, a lot of really good stats. Are we really all talking about how great Aaron Murray was in the NFL? Not really. I mean, but what he did while he was here, you know, I mean, there, there are levels to things. I mean, Michigan fans weren't talking about what Tom Brady was doing at Michigan. You know, I mean, there, I, you just tend to see that the people that do really well, that people I feel like really talk about in college, don't always transition the best to the NFL. And then vice versa. I feel like guys that kind of fly under the radar kind of come in, you know, with with not a lot of expectation really tend to thrive in the NFL. They kind of still have that drive um, almost of being doubted. And yeah. so 
you know, Stutz kind of kind of teetering on the end. He's on the older side. How many years could he really play? And then, you know, sometimes I think he takes that that like he's already proved everybody wrong. I think that's where some of that cockiness comes from. Um, I think that that he still is gonna have to have a chip on his shoulder. Um to, to have yeah, a chance. I think, I think so too. I, I completely think so. And, you know, and, you know, Bobo has always seemed to be, you know, working well with quarterbacks, right? When you take a look at it, right, he, he coached up uh, Green, coached up Stafford, Aaron Murray, right? Uh, do we count Joe Cox one? Do we, do you want to count him? Yeah, I mean, we can count him. Okay. Yeah. Hudson Mason too, I guess you have to. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think though, when, I was going to pull up a Hudson Mason thing. I'm not going to do that just for the sake of time on this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just understand it was a lot less passing yards, by the way, <laughs> a lot less. Um, but I think you know when you look at uh, when you look at Mike Bobo, right? We always assume running game, right? Like running game, running game, running game. <laughs> I'm assuming you got caught off by Adonis's comment. God, they just don't want you to be elite today, man. Yeah, they don't, man. They Damn. Don't today. They're killing me. And good, good lord. <laughs> I hope, I hope if you're listen, if you are, if you are listening to this on podcast, please do yourself a favor. Go to youtube.com forward slash the DGD podcast. Find this episode and just go to the comments because Dave, I, I can't, I cannot, I cannot tell you and explain to you what is going on right now. But the brigade is it's a it's it's on a different level. I feel like Utah, I feel like what it's like to be a Utah. Right God, now. you just got trashed all weekend because of the All Star game. Now you're sitting here getting trashed because you're all you just are trash. Like, good lord. Um, yeah. Kobe says we land Raiola. Bobo's a win higher in my book. Yep. Listen, I, and, and I think, and I want to do this too. We, we talk about schematics, things like that, but recruiting matters the most sometimes right jimmy's and joe's before x's and o's <coughs> yeah you're right well, um, you okay you okay yeah, I'm, good. I'm good no so really you know terrible but i i tell you one thing too who, who really truly benefits from this is going to be gunner stockton because oh, yeah. gunner stockton oh, yeah. was high on the recruiting list for bobo and Muschamp. i mean they really wanted him he had actually committed to utah not utah gosh uh south carolina and then, of course, because they got fired, then all of a sudden he's, you know, he's going somewhere else. So I, I just think that who's really, truly the bigger winner is going to be um, Gunnar Stockton. And then whatever offense that that Bobo had, I, I think fits him very well. And then if, even if Munkin had Gunnar Stockton because of his legs, a strong arm, I just think that that would have benefited him as well. No, I mean, I think when you look at the recruiting you know, of the quarterback, right, I think this is key, though. Like, do understand that recruiting, you might honestly see an uptick in recruiting. Todd Munkin wasn't asked to go and recruit that much. He really wasn't, right? He would go find his quarterback, talk to him. But most of the time, it was just coached offense, like teach offense. Because I mean, we needed that. You look at Bobo. Bobo's out there, you know, just flaunting it out, just always out there. He's always somewhere recruiting. And you're, you're getting that now as an offensive coordinator. You're able to go out there and, and recruit extremely hard. Like like I said earlier, you know, he was doing the, you know, doing the all these things uh, as an analyst that, you know, someone like him, you wouldn't expect that to do, but he was doing it and, and kind of willingly too. It was like, okay. But so I, you think, know, you, I think this is a big, I think this is a big, two big things taken away from what you're saying. One, yes, Munkin just went out. And when he came, when he got down to like a top four quarterback, he was out recruiting those four quarterbacks. But he had, you know, Buster Faulkner. He had Bobo this year. He had his core guys that if he didn't want to go to Arizona this week to see the eighth quarterback on our board, he sent somebody to do it on his behalf. You know, I think that's the big thing that Bobo is going to have to do um, is he's going to have to have a good core group of people that if he doesn't want to leave Athens this weekend, he's still sending somebody that, that knows these guys that can, you know, represent him. And then I really forgot laughing about what my second point was going to be, but um, 
back to you, Rob and the gang. <laughs> Rob and the gang. <laughs> I, I tell you the other thing too, what, what people truly don't understand is that with, with this hire with Bobo, Kirby's done a great job of bringing Georgia guys back home. Um, you know, he, he did that with Muschamp. He did that with, with with Bobo, which was, you know, obviously foreshadowing last year of him taking over um, and, and just having his guys come back. I just I just think that that's, that's just fabulous. I mean, you know, I, like I said, ultimately, I think the recruiting is going to be there. Right? It's going to get better. And honestly, like if you if you listen to Riola and there was an interview that they did, some I forgot who it was, but Riola or his dad. They knew this was coming. They knew this was the plan to begin with, right? Honestly, I, I think you look at the situation. I don't see it impacting much on recruiting at all, right? This higher offensively, which tells me. And, and also, <clears throat> we knew that Munkin at any point could just up and leave for the NFL, right? Why do you think it took Kirby absolutely no time to to call the higher? Read what you're laughing at, Juan. Read what you're laughing at. Patrick said Utah is as successful as Juan's rushing career. Hashtag trash. So Damn, you gonna take that one? I mean, it was minus eight yards. I can't. There's nothing I can say. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's, that, I that's it's about as worse as non-existent. It is. It is. Like, I, I owe. I owe the program eight <clears throat> yards. We'll we'll just take it. We'll just take it out of your paycheck. Called the yeah. uh, the the receiving yard total. Just take it out of your check. Yeah. I mean, just leaving it there. Uh, no, I mean, you know, when Raiola was doing that right there, they they knew. Like, they knew that that was coming. Why do you think it's not impacting his decision much? Yeah. Well, they are. They are. They are. I mean, it, it's just, man, I'm just you, like, this is supposed to be about Bobo, and here I am just getting slaughtered. <laughs> just absolutely just trash. Juan is the sacrificial lamb today. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Juan. Which is it, fair. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm Isaac. No, no, my question to you, Juan, I, I do, I do want to ask you this question. Since you played with him, right? When his playing time, have you noticed any kind of things that he did as a quarterback that you've seen transfer over to his coaching career by chance? I know that might sound like a weird question. Well, I, you but know what? His, his his competitiveness. I mean, he he was a, a huge, big time competitor. He wanted to win. He, you know, and and his fire. I mean, Bobo's got fire. So he's, he's very strategic and obviously you have to be as a quarterback. And again, that, that, that transferred, you know, over, I mean, he's had some success, you know, at, at some of the places he's gone, Colorado state, maybe not so much, but no one can win in Colorado state. No one, I mean, not even the apostles can go out there and pull out a winning season in, in Colorado state. You know, that, that's how bad <laughs> it is out there. Um, so the only, Juan, they just haven't hired you as a head coach yet. That's why. No, is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Take the annual beatdown of Utah. Go ahead. Now they're, they're out there running with a bunch of Judases. Yeah, somebody, 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 <laughs> out there. somebody from Utah, somebody from Utah is going to be watching this show and they're going to be like cursing us. Yes, exactly. Joe's going to summon, she's going to summon a rook on us or something. I'm yeah. honestly surprised. I thought all those people out in Utah didn't have like electricity and stuff. So they don't, I was man. surprised like, how many people are watching. It's like Amish, man. It's like Amish out there. <laughs> they still got like the tin can with the string and another tin can, and that's how they talk to each other. Bartholomew's on the on the bike. <laughs> Zebekiah. Zebekiah. They, 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 they travel in arcs, yeah. like you know, and stuff like that. So they actually have like legitimate arcs to go from one place to the other. So we going to hell for this. Yeah. <laughs> we going to hell for this. <laughs> no, so yeah, you know what I think so overall, right? I have done enough stat crunching. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna burn your eyes anymore. But overall, do you do you think Georgia made the right hire? Hiring Bobo that fast without doing a national search, anything like that. What do y'all think? 150 billion trillion percent. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it keeps it clean. Yeah. Yeah. Kirby, Kirby knows what he's doing. He, he obviously knows what he's doing more so than anybody that's, that's complaining and griping about it. Um, you know, it, it, it's Kirby's program and two national championships later, if he's going to make a decision, I'm rolling with it. And, and here would be my question. 
you know, I just don't think there were that many big name offensive coordinators available. I mean, here's my thing. Name me a top three you would have liked to interview. You know what I mean? Like who? I'll wait. I'll wait. Well, Well, I think another thing. I'd love to hear what they've done and what they've accomplished. I'll tell you this. The timing of it is the key here. The timing. Because if I'm not mistaken, this week is when spring camp starts, right? Next week. When does it start? After spring break. Yeah. Oh, I, I knew they were doing stuff the right second, now. I just forgot what they were doing. The second week of March will be when, like, spring ball. Oh, I got you. Start. These these next three weeks are dog time. That's four, it. Okay. Four I remember, runs, five lifts a week. See, I remember I remember Tate and them. I remember Tate and Riley were talking about it. I just forgot what specifically, my bad. But, no, I mean, the, the timing of it, right? Like, you know, we talk about the timing. But at the same time, you're keeping the same verbiage, right? You, you're keeping everything intact. And to me, I think that's more important than about anything. Good Lord, Juan. Good God, Juan is. Come on, Michael. Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jesus. Oh, man. I don't think I don't I don't think God would save this conversation. We're gonna have to today. block we're gonna have to block Michael and Roots from, from any any future shows. <laughs> I don't know how to handle this. Uh, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean ultimately though, like if you're outside the fan base, listen, we just won two national titles. I don't give a fuck what you've got to say. You can wish for our downfall, but it still won't matter when we're beating you by 30 this year. Um just gonna leave that there. But like I said, for, from a Georgia perspective, right, take the notion, take the instilled images and, and recollections of these conservative play calls, things like that. I don't think Kirby will allow him to be as conservative as he once was. I think you actually see him be able to take some shots. The defense will allow that, folks. The defense will let that happen. You're not working, you're not working with a Todd Grantham ran defense. You're not working with a Willie Martinez ran defense. You are working with a defense that has the hands of Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, right now, Glenn Schumann, all together. And think about it. I mean, th- think about you know when people probably last year questioned Muschamp being a part of the defensive staff after you know, a- after you had a departure. And and guess what? I mean, they were just as effective defensively. Um, you know, with, with the addition of Muschamp. So, uh, Kobe says I need to look into how much a prison jumpsuit would be to uh, to get and rent on a show. He's gonna start singing. You can call on Tyrone. It's not gonna be rented. It's not. I could do one from the. I could do one from Cell Block C again and full. <laughs> yeah, full orange. And then and then his, his sing, We're just gonna play this song. It says it feels so good to be back. The warden's gonna have you in shankles. Yeah, <laughs> you see, clanked up, just clink, clink, clink. But no, like I said, final thoughts before we wrap this thing up, guys. Any any last words? Great hire. Yeah, any I, commandments, Juan? Want any commandments that you need to say out? No. Last, no? <laughs> I that, think, not not mock Bobo. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that I think the biggest takeaway for me is, like we said, it it was a quick hire. It's been known that it was coming probably for over a year now, and it keeps it quick, clean, in-house, keeps the verbiage in the playbook the same. Don't expect to see much offensive fall off from the dogs this year. No. I I think – you know what, though? I think what we saw in the passing game, right, the home run type hits that we saw – keep in mind, I I think one final thing before we do wrap this up – you don't have to hit home run after home run after home run in consecutive fashion. It, you hit four or five a game, right? And you just stick to your bread and butter. I would not be surprised to watch us see some runs that are just like just just gone, like just nobody even close to you. Kendall or you know probably I mean Kendall Dejon Brand. It don't matter. I just think that you might see a couple of those this season. I mean, we didn't. I mean, we had Kenny McIntosh hit a couple long runs like that. But I think it's some of these you're like, where the fuck was the defense type thing? I think you're going to see that too. I'm not mad about it. I just want to see an under center toss sweep just once. 
under center toss sweep because it's going to bring back Gurley in my head. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Ooh, hold on. Adonis with the question of the day, I think. Best Bobo story, Juan. Mm. We'll, we'll, end this, we'll end this with a, yeah. a tale well, of him. Yeah, there's so many. Not a, the a fable. Lot of the fable. We'll leave it with a fable from Juan. Super clean. Not a lot of them are. But um, Bobo's, fre- I think it was his freshman or sophomore year, um, Eric Zyre got hurt. And uh, so we, we get in the huddle and, uh, you know, we call a play. And I said, uh, Bobo, I'm going to be running the post. I'm going to be open. Go ahead and throw it to me. And he's like, well, it just depends on, I go, I'm open, throw it to me. And he did it. He did it, man. Um, he got yelled at in the film room because the coverage was bad and whatever. I had to jump over somebody, but uh, I just, uh, I just thought that was a great start to his, uh, his, his future coaching right now. So Look that at that. Uh, take risks. Yeah. Throw it to the, just throw it up. Make, throw it it, up. Let's get it to the, get into the playmaker's hands. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I use a Jedi mind trick. It was great. There you go. That's a clean story. I can I'm tell. telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. If you would have dropped that or it would have got picked, that would have been your ass. It would have been what? on both because he's got to read the coverage, man. Oh, true. I was, yeah, you, you know, you got to read the, the coverage. Man. You're right. Same you're right. You're right. You can't listen. Right. You can't listen to a man asking for the ball. You got to do your job. You got to yeah, do, right. do your job. You got to do your job. At, at least, at least. So you're saying that you made him look good. I'll take that though, because. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Things turned out well for him. I'm not going to say it didn't. Yeah. So, Bobo to one touchdown to Dozier. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Is it, though? Yeah. Hold on. So, apparently, JWG comes in. God, she missed the show. Yeah, she said, what did she yep. miss? She had to work, work for a second. Yeah. Yeah, guys. What, what work is there out in, in, in Utah? Just digging trails and stuff like that? Probably. Churning butter. Churn yeah, churn, oh, definitely churning butter. Oh, jeez. Yeah. All right, let's let's send this before we get too de- too deep down the rabbit hole of Utah. With that being said, guys, Mike Bobo, I think, was an excellent hire, by the way. Uh, catch y'all Wednesday. Special guest Kyle Umlang coming on to talk Texas, welcoming them to the SEC. I, obviously, we did this with Oklahoma. We're about to do it with Texas Wednesday, so stick around for that. I think you're going to tune into that. Like and subscribe on YouTube, folks. Uh, just hit the thumbs up button. Uh, with that being said, have a great day and go dogs. Go dogs. Juan three sixteen said, "I just whipped your ass." <laughs>